0: Good morning, Red Sea. Welcome into another episode of the Morning Scramble presented by Verizon Wireless. I'm your host, Felipe Corral Jr., joined by the great Jody Jackson, Cardinals insider Craig Rilu, and ex Arizona Cardinals offensive lineman Rolando. The Cardinals in week 18 couldn't come out with the victory losing to the Seattle Seahawks 38 to 30 and guys a five game home losing streak to end the season how are we feeling I kind of have a sense of how we're feeling but you know it's kind of natural for me to ask Jody I'm assuming you're feeling a little bit disappointed, maybe a little bit more than a little bit disappointed but tell me how you feel.
1: Yeah, I really am. I mean, one of the things just sitting in the press conference room after the game and Cliff Kingsbury mentioning, you know, thinks they wanted it more than the Cardinals did. That was frustrating. Um, But that said, I don't think effort was necessarily the problem here. It just looked at times a little chaotic out there for the Cardinals. And, you know, look, look at it this way, guys. Think about this Um, because for many years doing post-game shows, we looked at the start of the game, the start of the second half in particular. This team started out with a Chandler Jones strip sack. Zach Allen picks it up for the touchdown to start the game. Then you start out the third quarter. You have a great drive. You're you're one really long drive yard-wise. They had a lot of plays in a lot of their drives, the Cardinals. But, you know, hit Christian Kirk on a big play, which big plays were missing through the air yesterday. And then James Conner, Scores. Then the Jalen Thompson interception, which happened at the same time that the 49ers tied the game against the Rams. So as a as a fan or a media person, you know, you were able to process all this. The Red Sea was going nuts. Connor goes back in, Cardinals take the lead. It was the other huge chunks of this game, though, that were so disappointing. And you think about that 21 points that was created in those quick moments. And it just makes you very frustrated about some of the, you know, the five sacks for negative 53 yards. And they happen in back-to-back scenarios in the second quarter, third quarter. And then how in the the fourth quarter, the Seahawks outscored uh, the Cardinals in this one. I have to look at my notes here a little bit, but 14 to six. So. Yeah, I wanted them to finish the game. I wanted them to get the win. Um, and I, I realized they're in the playoffs. And look, the other thing is, Felipe, if they win Monday night, all will be forgiven. And the same situation with the Cowboys game last week, we were saying, you know, if they beat Dallas, all will be forgiven with the previous three weeks. I think a lot of the same things apply on Monday. And of course, the guys had to turn their attention now to Monday after the game. So it's not a lot of crying over spilt milk at this point. But yes, here on the morning scramble, we can allow our feelings to come out. Right, guys? So yeah. there you have mine this morning.
0: <laughs> and and Craig, I want to follow because I know that Cowboys victory kind of, you know, brought this offense, this defense, this entire team. They took a step forward, right? But then – Closing the season with a 1-4 and record, five straight at home. You kind of, you know, I saw a tweet. I think Jody Jackson tweeted, it looks like they're taking steps backwards, right? Especially in that first half. What did you see out there, Craig, that, you know, really raised your eyebrows? Not just one eyebrow, but like both. Like, wow, we took a good step backwards.
2: All the good that we saw the week prior in Dallas, offense, defense, and special teams, we saw bad on Sunday it started off well as Jody mentioned but can't finish and this team is not finishing the season well losing four out of five they are limping into the postseason I agree win on Monday in Los Angeles beat the Rams and yeah it's a success one game one game will define this 2021 Arizona Cardinals team that's not fair but that's reality You win 11 games, make the postseason, it's an accomplishment. You can't take that away. But how this season is ending after starting 7-0 and 10-2, you're limping your way into the postseason. We talked about it, Felipe. You want to be playing some of your best football going into the playoffs, not some of your worst. And the Cardinals right now are a bad football team going into the playoffs. Can they turn it around? That's the question. They did last week. Can you do it again? They are capable of being a good football team. We've seen it. That's the frustrating part about what this game on Sunday was, losing to a inferior opponent in the Seattle Seahawks. And Rolando, I don't think anything was more frustrating
0: than the fact that, one, you needed the 49ers to win, At SoFi, they did that, right? So the NFC West division title was in the palm of your hands. And just the performance you put on the field in front of your home fans, again, five in a row at home, that's, you know, that's not acceptable. I think the last time they won at home was on October 27th, if if I'm not mistaken. But everything just seemed to be out of sync offensively. The defense, you know, yeah, they gave up a lot of chunk plays, but the defense put – this team in a position to really run away with it. You're talking about the forced fumble recovery for seven uh, by Zach Allen, put them ahead seven. Oh, obviously they gave up that touchdown right away. You know, the, the falling possession. And then you're talking about the, uh, the interception by Jalen Thompson, right. things like that. This defense truly put this this offense in a position to really run away with it. But you know, you give up five sacks. That offensive line. You were mentioning mentioning it on the Spanish radio broadcast. What was happening with that offensive line? Because for the first time in a while, they were complete. They had a complete offensive line. What'd you see?
3: Well, let me start off with this. Uh, I'm done. I invented last night driving home, uh, hearing Craig on his postgame show. I even wanted to call in. I was like, where's the number to this, to this radio show? <laughs> I want to, to jump on. But I'm done with that, Felipe. Listen, there was some O-line protection schemes that were just plainly, they, they got all battled. And, and the left side, especially DJ Humphreys, uh, Justin Pugh, on some of the, of the plays, some of the stunts, and some of just the, the bull rushes they just got they just got battled. I mean, they got mauled, and, and that's why you hear the fifty yards, negative fifty yards on the sacks. I mean, you cannot play like that, especially playoff football. You have to make sure your protection schemes are there, give time to Kyler. That's the only way you're going to be able to produce first downs and move the chains and hopefully be in a position to win. But that has to that has to you know uh, come out of the gates uh, in our next contest against the Rams. I think those those errors that the o-line did in protection schemes they have to get better at them and, and let's be honest yes you said that the defense gave them a shot but the defense also allowed plenty of rushing yards we're back to the same things that are kind of getting us behind the scoreboard and playing from behind that's not a recipe that the Cardinals handle very well this season we are in that is a good part yes i'm, I'm bummed because we could have taken this division because even, even for, for once, we were kind of rooting for the 49ers. That's the only time we'll root for the 49ers, Bird Gang. <laughs> but they did their job. We didn't do our job. We have to move past this. Guys, we're in the playoffs. This happens rarely. This, this It's tough to get in, especially if you're in the NFC West. So moving forward, the O-line, Felipe, Craig, and Jody, needs to do a better job in protecting. They have to give time to, to uh, Kyler Murray, especially when you're down D-hop, when you have – an Antoine Wesley kind of developing as we go there has to be uh you know those 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 schemes need to need to calm down and and we know for a fact that we we we're still you know the penalty issues are still there especially when you're moving the ball in a situation where you can just move forward push forward and, and kind of get that first down so most definitely there's things to clean up they will clean them up but it's fun you have an extra day to prepare you know, your body heals up a little bit more, get in the rehab, make sure you get an extra lifting. be ready to play on the Monday night, uh, platform. So for me, it's, I'm done with the venting Felipe. I'm done with, with, with listening to what we could have done. We didn't do it guys, but we're in the playoffs. All
0: right. I'm not, I'm not necessarily done venting because there's the specific, <laughs> wow. there's a specific three and out in the third quarter with like about five minutes left to play yes. after the defense got a crucial stop. Um, they went three and out. You, you, I, I believe James Conner rushed for nine yards. They were second and one. He rushed again for no gain. And then on third and one, you, you see that back shoulder uh, throw to incompletion to A.J. Green. That Those types of three and outs, that deflates this offense. And what's worse is the Seahawks scored on the following possession. And then on your following offensive drive, you, it's another three and out. And then that's when the Andy Lee fumble – happens. It didn't seem like this offense necessarily recovered from those two offensive drives, Jody. Yeah. You know how important was it to at least get three points in one of those two offensive drives.
1: Yeah, it was really important. I had that written down as well. That's when Kelvin Beachum left with the back injury. He came back in, but yeah, Connor, you know, rips off 9 yards on the first down. I mean, we can really dissect a lot of things here, but I do agree when you guys were going back and forth a little bit, Felipe and Rolando There's plenty of blame to go around. I agree that the defense, you know, did they have the two big explosive plays from Allen and Thompson, but they did give up a lot of yards on the ground, not just the 62-yard run, but Penny ran hard all game long. Russell Wilson is still unbelievable. Okay, he's a very good player. You kind of that said, you know, you kind of knew once he was, and he was under pressure. That's the crazy part. I mean, he was under a lot of pressure in this game at At certain times, I would say most of the time, and yet he still made plays. But yeah, you're right. After that possession, um, Penny gets loose for 30 and then Swain's wide open. And I I do want to talk about two things, though, in this game that are, you know, there are things that are sort of more controllable than others, right? Like nothing's completely controllable, but um, losing Kevin Peterson early in this game to be evaluated for a concussion. And I don't know what his status is now, but he didn't return, you know, that's sort of something you don't see coming your way. And and then uh, borders had to be put into duty and it just did seem, and I, I, you know, and he was on locket. So that changed this game. It It did. And, you know, he just got here recently. So I do not envy him being put in that position, but then at, at that point too, you had to make, You know, I think some adjustments there, then you have the Andy Lee play, which again is something that you, you know, you don't necessarily think that's going to happen, but those are the things that happened in this game that I kind of, I don't want to say I give it a pass. You can't do that, but they affected this game. Um, And so now you're looking at a defensive secondary that is very thin and you're going into this Rams game, looking at that, because in the first matchup with the Rams, we all knew those guys were hearing footsteps, Jalen Thompson, um, you know, Byron Murphy, uh, Alfred was healthy then. Wilson, those guys brought it in the secondary to these Rams receivers. Now, you don't have the same personnel, but you had to find a way to do that, right? Coming into this game. The, also, at running back, the other thin area. And, um, we're going to know more about James Conner, but that didn't, you know, obviously didn't look good getting the helmet in the ribs. So yeah, plenty of blame to go. I mean, you know, that's the thing about this game and, and going back to Rolando, I guess I violated that Rolando. I'm still talking about it here, but that's fine. No, Gotta no. let it go. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I think injury wise you do, you know, and, and that did change the game, um, the look of the secondary, um, but Hey, you know what? I have a lot of confidence in Vance Joseph. Uh, yeah. Yesterday was tough. Uh, Russell Wilson played at a real high level. We've seen that before. They seemed inspired almost. I, I don't know if something's going on there with Pete Carroll. I, I don't know if it was, you know, if he's planning to step down or something. But I mean, they played pretty inspired ball yesterday. And uh, and I think the Cardinals tried to get up and and kind of put the foot on the throat of this, of the Seahawks. I thought that was the plan. Seattle had a different plan, so. Um.
3: Jody, on borders, I mean, you have a veteran quarterback in Russell Wilson. He knows perfectly who's he playing against. I mean, he just attacked it, and it's tough. The guy got here, you know, on Thursday he was elevated. Come on, you're going you're gonna to play this weekend. Back in my day, it, it was a process to kind of develop a practice squad guy and kind of give him, the, you know, the reins to, to the rotation. It's tough. You get in there right away, you know, you're expected to do – you know, what starters do. And yes, you know, he he, he is, is at that caliber. But once you're put in a position versus Russell Wilson, I mean, those those chunk plays that he threw against him in the coverage were just uh, were, were incredible. But you're right. We are thin in different spots. We got to make sure that extra day or two, you know, gives us the shot to get everybody kind of back or maybe not full speed, but close to it. That way we can compete at SoFi.
0: Craig is giving me like this no excuses vibe. You know that's the look he has in his face. Like, right? Really, y'all are talking about players that aren't aren't on the field that aren't available. Like, you gotta go with the guys that are that are healthy that are available, right, Craig? Come on, give me something because you know I'm hearing a lot of I don't want to say excuses, but close excuses from Rolando and Jody. What you got, Craig?
2: There is that mantra about next man up, but how far deep down the depth chart do you go when you're talking about Brian Borders being your sixth cornerback? That's hard for any team. The hope here is that Brashad Breland is available this coming week. Wasn't quite ready last week, but maybe a second week in this defense because there's a veteran with the Minnesota Vikings earlier this season. Perhaps Marco Wilson is healthy, maybe Robert Alford. I'd feel a lot better about the defense, specifically the secondary if that's the case. But for me, this team is only gonna go as far as the offense and namely how Kyler Murray plays. And he has not played well. He, I think it was a great game plan by the Seahawks on Sunday, keeping everything in front of him. I mean, you look at the numbers. Kyler averaged 6.2 yards per attempt compared to Russell Wilson's 9.2. So everything was short. There were no chunk plays. And you have 19 play drive, 14 play drive, 14 play drive. All of those drives ended in field goals. You can't kick field goals, especially when you're in the red zone. And that's been an issue the past five games is the inability to punch it in as opposed to seeing Matt Prater on the football field. We love Matt Prater. I'm tired of seeing him kick field goals inside of 30 yards. That's, that's, that's a letdown. That's the offense letting down the rest of the team. So I expect a much better performance across the board this coming week, but it starts with the offense.
0: And I think – you guys can agree with me when I say this team is going to go as far as Kyler Murray takes them. I mean, you're in the postseason. you're going to be in Hollywood. You got to, you know, the stars show up in the brightest of lights. So in my opinion, I think this team is going to go as far as Kyler Murray takes them. But I just want to, before we move on, because you guys were talking about, you know, the, the, you know, yards per pass attempt, Jody mentioned how the vertical game wasn't necessarily there You know, the Seahawks had nine plays of 20 yards or more compared to Arizona, who only had two. And when you're talking about that win against the Cowboys, that vertical game was existent from the get go, from the first quarter. And just looking back at the stats, it didn't necessarily seem like those explosive plays We're there on Sunday, but there we go. That was our venting session. I think it (laughs) took us about a good 20 minutes of of venting. We needed to get it, get it off our chest. Right. But let's move on to our rise and shine because at the end of the day, there are some players that really stood out uh, to us. So Jody, who do you go? Who are you going with?
1: Well, yeah, I mean, this again, because there's so much that happened in this game, but I'm looking at Zach Ertz in this game, 10 targets, seven catches, 84 yards. And yeah, none was, you know, he's not always part of the vertical game, but he was a very reliable target. He has been since he was acquired. He has been since he's been in the league guys. And and I know you all probably saw this yesterday. Um, he became one of six tight ends in NFL history to reach 700 receiving yards in at least seven seasons. And, you know, this is the thing, you know, when you throw him the Kyler Murray nose, he's going to do his best to get open. He's a big target physically, and he's most likely going to catch the ball and he's going to try to run up field. And, and that's why he's special. That's why he's one of the best in the league and has been. And that's why Steve Kime went out and got him. So, you know, yesterday you would love to have seen him catch something in the end zone or get into the end zone. I'll, again, the Seahawks uh, were pretty sure tacklers, you, nobody got really loose after any of those catches. But I will say this. Um, he said something after the game that I tweeted out. Zach Ertz said, you know, we can and we should be scoring touchdowns in the red zone. We just have too many big bodies not to. And he knows he's one of those big bodies as well. So, again, the scheme this week has to be to be able to target a guy like Zach Ertz, a guy like Antoine Wesley. I mean, really any of the weapons, but uh, especially maybe your bigger your bigger targets. And, and Zach Ertz is one of those guys. So it's a, it's a rise and shine, guys, for uh, – for this past game, but also kind of a a real look ahead to this Rams game and what Zach Ertz can be, Um, you know, and hopefully we'll see him in the end zone on Monday night. Uh, Craig, how about you? Who are you targeting here for the rise and shine player?
2: I'm looking at someone who stepped up their game, presented an opportunity, and depending on injuries, might be presented more opportunities this week. Former ASU Sun Devil, Eno Benjamin, He wasn't on the field a lot, but he was on the field quite a bit in that fourth quarter when James Conner went down. Ten of his 11 touches came in that fourth quarter with five of those touches going for first downs, whether catching the ball or running for the first down. And now with the uncertainty of Chase Edmonds, is he available? James Conner, is he available? Jonathan Ward also got hurt in that game. Eno Benjamin is your only healthy running back at the moment currently on the active roster and he might be the guy or at least be in the mix more this coming week against the Rams so we've wanted there's a lot of people that have been waiting for you know Benjamin to have his number called it got called and repeatedly on Sunday so for me he rose and shined and perhaps now maybe a part of the game plan moving forward if no other reason than because of necessity, he's he's needed. He's, he's the last man standing. But it certainly feels good to have someone like that, that when you are pressed into duty, you do come away with some positivity as far as on the football field. So, Eno Benjamin, my rise and shine player. What about you, Rolando? Oh, you beat me to it, man. You uh, Benjamin, I had somebody, a former
3: ASU alumni, who was bumping me, giving me the elbow every time he would make a first down, sitting next to me in the Spanish broadcast booth. I don't know who that was you guys picked on the screen. (laughs) He's our host here, but yeah, you're right. I mean, I mean, rise and shine. I got to go to with JT Jalen Thompson. I think his effort is, is evident. I mean, this guy is a thumper. Anytime somebody crosses his face, you know, he, he plays like, if he's like, he weighs like 240 pounds, he's just really, really targeting people and, and just dictating that physicality and it comes from Buddha and it comes from the, the the secondary that they want to perform right, but uh, in this game versus um, th- in this game uh, yesterday, you you would see that JT, you know that INT that was almost a pick six if he would have stepped out wh- was just like the okay this is the prize you get when you play so hard and and I think you were seeing a safety develop in, before us that just kind of wants to make sure that he does his his part to contribute to the defense and I think with with somebody like JT, his physicality, and, and just going forward in the playoffs will need him because he's going to make sure someone is going to get, you know, uh, a good tackle in front of him. He's going to make sure he's he sound with whatever, whatever he's got going in, in, in zone or on man-to-man. This guy is really, you know, one of the premier uh, safeties in the league. And he kind of, sometimes he gets shadowed, I think, because he does a great job at it. So for me, Uh, Yesterday I had to pick versus the Seahawks JT. I I love the way he intercepted that ball. I love the way every time in the middle of the field where there was, you know, sometimes he was the last one to tackle, you know, it's not ideal for your safety to be tackling, but if if he's doing his job, I think he, he deserves a lot of credit. I think we're going to need him moving forward uh, for sure in, in the playoffs.
0: And he's going back to Cali. That's where he's from. So I think if, you know, this is my guess. This is my prediction. I think he's going to have a pretty decent game. You know, any anytime you can go back to your hometown and play, you see the Kylie Murrays, Jalen Thompson had an amazing performance in week four earlier this season when they did play at SoFi. So expect that from JT. And I, I'm going to end it with James Conn. And I kind of want to extend a little bit because if you're anyone playing any type of sport, you know, the younger generation and whatnot, you want to play with the effort that James Connor plays, regardless of sport, right? You know, a lot of these plays that he converted, you know, fourth and one was due to effort. 30-19, he converted that before he got hurt due to effort. That 20-yard touchdown run that he caught on a flat route, he broke two tackles, and then he leaped into the end zone. That is all effort. You don't necessarily game plan Effort. You don't teach effort. You know, that's something famous that a lot of our coaches growing up uh, always, you know, mentioned to us. You don't teach effort. And I think James Conner is a prime example of that. You know, his and it's infectious, you know. Well, I'm hoping it's infectious going into the postseason, but just the mentality he plays with. When I think of a Mamba mentality, I always think of someone like James Conner. When it comes to this uh, Cardinals team, so that's gonna be my rise and shine, James Conner. Hopefully, he gets healthy enough for the for the wild card round of the postseason. Because if Chase Edmonds can't, can't go, ah, it's gonna be tough going into SoFi Stadium with just. You know, Eno Benjamin, as great as he played in the fourth quarter, can you truly rely on Eno Benjamin to take that that load at that running back position? So that'll do it for our rise and shine. Let's get into our bring home the bacon. Jody, I know we talked about, you know, the losing streak at home. I know we talked about the performance in the last five uh, games of the regular season. But at the end of the day, the Arizona Cardinals are in the playoffs. Come on. The floor is yours.
1: Yeah, I mean, and and the bring them the bacon here is simple. It's just, look, we've seen the two previous games this season against the Rams. I'm going to forget about the previous eight, okay, <laughs> even though they do exist. But, you know, what we didn't see in that second game was the ability to finish like we did in that first one, and I think that that has to be the key here. This team has to be a second-half team no matter – you do have to be in the game, but you have to be ready to play, obviously, and I think they will be. Look, um, we've all talked about the fact that Kyler Murray really shines in the in games like this, the Dallas game. Um you know, look, he can't do it all himself, but he's going to have to shoulder a big load in this one. It's the playoffs. It's his first chance to shine in that on that stage. It's another primetime game, which really has been, you know, horrible this year for the Cardinals. I can't sugarcoat it in any possible way. They have not done well um, on Sunday night, Monday night football in these primetime situations. But again, they have a chance to rectify this. Um, they don't know if James Conner is going to be healthy. Obviously, it's just Monday. Uh, as Rolando said, they have all week long, though. So, this is where coaching comes in. And we've seen these coaches put together masterful plans throughout the season. It doesn't always work. There are times where things don't go the way that you plan or the guys don't execute it. But I think there's a, a fair amount of confidence in this. And I think it will be interesting to see if the coaching is a little different. Like, Felipe, I have to. You mentioned something that got me thinking about the heart attack I almost had on fourth and one from uh, the Cardinals own 20 on the first drive of the game. And I'm thinking, you know, are they going to do that type of thing in the playoffs? I would think maybe no. Again, I think it goes with the strategy of they really wanted to step on the Seahawks early. Um, and unfortunately, you know, Russell Wilson, like I said, he he changed the momentum there. But yeah, uh, James Conner has that physicality you need. But Eno showed me a lot, you know, Craig. I mean, he really did. You talked about it. And, um, you know, they they will have to come up with other options. Uh, Greg Dortch is on the roster as well. They'll have to get more creative uh, offensively, which Cliff Kingsbury, look, that's a strength. That's one of the reasons why Cliff Kingsbury was hired to offensively out-coach and out-scheme the opponent in a, hopefully a playoff game. And And, you know, here they are, first playoff game in six years. So I think we're all excited about it. You have to leave the past behind, but you have to learn from it. And so I think these guys are all going to look in the mirror this week, and and especially the coaches, like how can they help this team, which is, um, I don't know, hopefully they're not suffering from a lack of confidence, guys, because they've done it. It's just they haven't done it at home, but they're not at home, Um, and they did do it on the road at SoFi earlier this season. So I think that they have confidence. They can dig deep and say, look, there are games this year where we have really out-executed the opponent. And so they can do it, but are they suffering a little bit injury wise? Yes, they are. So, you know, again, you have to lean on other ways to get it done. A lot of that does come down to coaching and come down to the individuals that will have to step up in this game. But I think, again, it comes back to what we talked about before the Dallas game. Kyler Murray is going to be a huge catalyst in this in this situation because it's going to be Matthew Stafford. It's kind of like when you watch a television broadcast, right? And you, they come on the air. It's it's really about the quarterback in a lot of ways. And it's Kyler Murray and Matthew Stafford. And we all know Matthew Stafford, uh, while he can sling it, has been uh, throwing it to the other team quite a bit. And I, some of those balls have been tipped and whatnot. But, you know, if you can get pressure on him and if you can hold up in the secondary, uh, this Cardinals team, Felipe, they can, they can absolutely come away with this win. I know a lot of fans yesterday, Craig, you heard them. Um, they weren't feeling real confident about a matchup with, with the Rams. Uh, I don't know, you know, Dallas, it could have been Dallas. It, it could have been the home game, which would have been optimal, would have been awesome, but you know, beating Dallas is is not easy either again, after you just beat them to have to go back and beat them again. So not, none of this is easy in the playoffs. We all know that. Um, but I think it's a time where the Cardinals have to seize the moment, something that they didn't do yesterday, uh, but we've seen them bounce back. Felipe.
0: Craig, any quick final thoughts before we wrap it up? I'll, I'll touch on you, Rolando, too.
2: I think uh, Matthew Stafford's good for at least one or two more interceptions. He's got eight <laughs> since the last, since the Cardinals last played him, and he had zero interceptions in that game. So the Rams have been winning in spite of Matthew Stafford yesterday, notwithstanding in the loss to the 49ers. But uh this defense, they gotta rally, gotta get a couple of takeaways, but I'm gonna go back to what we all agree upon. It's it's Kyler Murray and this offense. Score points and, and rely on that ground game, whomever is running the football, and then AJ Green, Christian Kirk, Antoine Wesley, you gotta get open. Eight catches between those three on Sunday. And that's that can't happen. You can't rely on the tight end and the running backs to do all the the catching in the the aerial attack. So more deep shots and just a better performance so we can wipe away what we've had here over the last month and a half. Rolando? Well said, Jody, with bringing home the bacon. Excellent, Craig. I'm just going to
3: add this. There's no tomorrow, guys. So get healthy. Make sure you're doing everything right. If you're at 80%, make sure you're active for the game because, you know, it's going to need – we're going to need a team effort. We're going to have to put the best players on the field in order for us to kind of, you know, push forward and get this road victory. Let me remind the bird gang and the red sea. We are a good team on the road, guys. Our record states that so going to SoFi is, is not a bad thing. I think, you know, with what we saw yesterday, we have to move forward and just this team's going to be super focused, laser focused for um, the Rams. And I think that's going to, it's going to take a team effort. If JJ's there, There'll be motivation. There'll be, you know, the leader's going to be there. The captain's going to be there. There'll be inspiration. They'll, they, they just have to do it, Felipe. So I, I think most definitely the guys that are having, you know, a couple of bumps and bruises, you just have to step up.
0: Well, Super Wildcard weekend is almost here. Monday night football. The Arizona Cardinals visiting the Los Angeles Rams. Kickoff is at 6-15. Hey, it's when... Or go home and then the following day hopefully we're having a victory tuesday here on the morning scramble presented by verizon wireless at 10 a.m you don't want to miss it and if you can travel to la it's only like a five-hour drive man it's like a 45 minute uh, flight we hope to see the bird gang in la we saw the outcome at cowboy stadium hopefully we get some of that at SoFi Stadium, but that'll do it for us. I'm Felipe Corral Jr. Joined by Jody Jackson, Craig Grillo, and Rolando Cantu. We are The Breakfast Club. We'll catch you guys later.